Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Happy high holy season, as our ghostess Liz Sauer would say. I can't believe she's ending Ghost in the Burbs. I'm very sad about that, but I'm actually really excited about her new venture, so make sure you're following her on Instagram at Liz Reads and Writes. When I released the last episode, I got an influx of submissions. One of them was followed by several creepy pictures that will be up on our Instagram page and Facebook page. I can't wait to get started. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from an anonymous storyteller who shares a story about their time in one of the most haunted cities in America, New Orleans, Louisiana. In November of 2011, I accompanied my then-girlfriend's family, we'll call her Halo, on vacation to New Orleans. It was a great experience, my first time in the big city since I moved east from the Los Angeles area a year and a half prior. The culture was great, the food, the smells, it was all so rich and intoxicating. There was great energy about the streets. It was a never-ending party. We ate at great pizza places, got accosted for being emo, saw street performers, all the great things you expect from the city. Nothing in my life had prepared me for what would happen on our first night there while on a haunted history tour set up by the History Channel. We saw the usual sights you'd expect, all the tourist traps, supposedly haunted hotels, gothic cathedrals, etc. It was cool, but not too exciting. That is, until we got to the Lollary Mansion, as our tour guide, a slender middle-aged woman who reminded me very much of Professor T from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, raved on about the history of the old building and misfortunes that befell the slaves under the care of Madame Lalaurie. I couldn't help but feel completely entranced by the picture she painted. It was a tale of blood, depravity, fire, and possibly the worst instance of inhumanity I'd ever had the displeasure of standing 15 feet from. A woman left the group while she was telling the story. It was at this moment that I started to feel a dark, powerful presence overcome me. My entire body began to shake. My eyes began to tear up. And I had to grasp onto Halo for dear life. As I blacked out, I saw a horizon, white on top black on the bottom, and a bright light separating the two with a concentrated point in the center. I fought hard, and I regained control as it turned upside down, and I all but collapsed on her. This happened in the span of about five seconds. What happened to me was so draining and strange that I couldn't speak for a few minutes afterward. To this day, I don't know exactly what that was or how it happened, but I'd love to hear if other people have had similar experiences. The following day, I told Halo's mother about what had happened, and that's when I found out that the woman who left the group just seconds before my experience was a medium and had to leave for some reason. Halo's mother directed me to her friend who is a spiritualist that claims to see energies and such. I never really gave her much credit until I described the event to her. While doing so, 
I felt the darkness again trying to come over me. I held Halo close so it would go away, and it did. Without even telling her what I'd felt in that moment, the spiritualist tells me that the dark energy had been hovering over my head while telling the story, but Halo's energy pushed it away. Wow, I have no explanation, but perhaps Madame Lollery was attempting to inhabit your body. I have no clue. If you do, please be sure to let us know. Our next story comes from Roberta, who wanted to share her dreams with us. Roberta and my story is about dreams. My grandfather passed away in 2005 from cancer. My grandmother passed away in 2017. My grandfather spoiled my grandmother with all kinds of jewelry. My favorite piece was a purple star sapphire with about 20 small diamonds. At the end of my grandmother's life, she was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. My grandmother forgot everything from her past. When she died, we couldn't find any of her jewelry. I was so stressed out because I really wanted that ring. I wanted it so much I was going to make one that looked just like it. A year passed and I forgot about trying to find that ring. I knew it was lost forever. I don't remember when I had the dream, but my grandfather visited me in the dream. He asked me how I was, and I told him I miss him so much. He told me that I shouldn't worry, that he was happy. My grandfather held my hand and told me that my mother would wear the ring for one day and that she would give you the ring right after. My mother called me a week later and told me that she found the ring and to come and get it. I flew to my mom's house to get the ring. I asked her how long she had had it. She told me she found it yesterday and just wanted to wear it before giving it to me. I have the ring today. My grandfather hasn't talked to me in my dreams since that day. Thank you. Love your show. Reading this really touched my heart. I was very close to my great-grandfather and I believe he visited me after he passed away because I was having such a rough time with his passing. I always tell my relatives who pass on to only visit me in my dreams, otherwise I will freak out. I hope that when my grandmother passes away that I can feel her around me in some way. I'm glad you were able to have that special visit with your grandfather. Our next story comes from Rihanna, telling a story about one of my biggest fears, using the potty and being vulnerable. When I was in sixth grade, I was at my sister's soccer game at my old elementary school. I had to use the restroom. It was a voting weekend, so my mom said to try the gym. I went to the building that housed the gym, cafeteria, and restrooms that I had used for the past six years, kindergarten to fifth grade. There wasn't anything set up for voting, but a little piece of cement was raised up and propped open the door about an inch to the entire building. 
The entire place was dark, but one light was on, the girl's bathroom light. I had to pee so badly that I went straight for it, thinking it was just a lucky coincidence. I went to do my business. Only then did I feel like something was off. I bent my head down to look around, but didn't see any other feet. I finished quickly and went to wash my hands, trying to remain calm. While I was washing my hands, a stall door slammed shut behind me. I ran and didn't look back. After the fact, I realized how weird it was that the door didn't close all the way. That little piece of cement was never there before. It wasn't a rock. It was like the cement wasn't poured smoothly. The building was from the 80s, but there had been a school on that site for at least 100 years. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Yeah, no thanks. I hate being in a school building after hours. I used to stay when I was in speech and debate to practice with my peers, but after 5 p.m., the lights were off in the bathrooms unless you had the key to the lights. It was the freakiest thing, but I am so glad that I did not experience anything remotely close to what you did. Our next story comes from another anonymous submission. This happened about two years ago, and I've been a full believer since then. Up until that point, I always liked the idea of the supernatural. I enjoy horror movies and late-night Wikipedia rabbit holes, but it was never anything I took very seriously. So like I said, about two years ago, my grandma and I drove up to Weatherford, Texas for my aunt's baby shower one weekend. I was excited because we were staying in this really historic bed and breakfast that was in this gorgeous Victorian house, and those are always my favorite. The baby shower came and went, and my grandma and I were winding down for the night in our room. I was leaping through one of the bedside pamphlets that spoke of the history of the building and some of the hauntings that it was rumored to have had. It was mildly entertaining, but I didn't take it too seriously, just it really sounded like any other haunting that older hotels boast about. I fall asleep and soon I begin to dream. And in my dream, I wake up in the same bed and I have this urge to walk out into the hallway in front of the stair landing. The stairs themselves of this place are these big old wooden carvings with stained glass in the windows. And in my dream, there's a woman standing in a white dress on these stairs with the colored reflections of the stained glass on her. She looked ethereal almost, but more than anything, I remember suddenly being overcome with this overwhelming sadness, just pure despair and melancholy. Suddenly, I wake up in my bed and I've been crying, but as I come to, I notice I am feeling this really tight squeeze on my heel, almost like a full fist covering the back of my foot and just increasingly adding pressure. As soon as I become fully awake and pull my foot, it disappears. I'm a little freaked out, but I eventually drift back to sleep and have normal dreams. The next morning, I'm waking up when my grandmother starts talking about her night. 
She starts telling me about how she had this dream with a woman and she just felt so overcome with the sorrow that she thought it was never going to end. And as soon as she came to from the dream, she felt someone pulling on her big toe under the sheet. And as she became fully awake, it disappeared. My grandma just about had a heart attack when I told her almost the same thing happened to me. Okay, that's weird. I want to go to a haunted hotel in Jefferson, Texas, which is one of the most haunted towns in Texas. And I'm hoping that me and my husband can have some type of supernatural experience, but I think I would be freaked out. I can't do feet. I can't do feet at all. So hopefully no ghosts touch my feet. Okay, our final story for this episode comes from Kelsey, whose stories and pictures sent chills right down my spine. I have a few ghost stories for you. Some lighthearted and a few not so much. My mom's house growing up used to be haunted by a ghost that she said look like Abe Lincoln, which led to him being her favorite president, which makes no sense to me, but whatever. One day, my dad came over after school and was napping in her bed when he woke up because he felt someone grab his ankles. When he opened his eyes, there was this man standing there, staring at him and holding him. He got up and ran out without saying a word to anybody but eventually told my mom that's what happened. My aunt Sarah, my dad's sister, passed away in a car accident in 1997 when I was just three months old, but she has made her presence known to my family many, many times since then. One particular time, my dad's other sister, Chrissy, was pregnant with her third child and didn't want to know the gender. Her oldest son, who at the time was about four or five years old, told her one day, you're going to have a girl, mommy. And she asked why he was so sure of that, and he said, Aunt Sarah and God told me. And two months later, she gave birth to my cousin, Caitlin. She promised him if he was right, he could choose her middle name, and he chose Anne. My aunt was reduced to tears, as this was my Aunt Sarah's middle name. Another Aunt Sarah story. During my freshman year of college, I had a job that required me to work till about 10 or 11 p.m. on weeknights, and I lived about 35 minutes away from where I worked. I was driving back one night when I was particularly tired and I fell asleep at the wheel. My car swerved off into the side where the rumble strips are, and I woke up right as I was about to smack into the guardrail. My purse flew off the passenger seat, and when I got home and picked it up, the only thing that fell out was the keychain my grandma gave me that said, Never drive faster than your guardian angel can fly. It was Sarah's birthday. Another Aunt Sarah story. When my littlest brother was about three to four years old, he was a nightmare to put to bed because of his severe ADHD. My mom had to fight with him every night while he bounced around the room like a jackrabbit. One night, he went down and actually was quiet in his room after the first try. 
The next morning, my mom asked him how he slept or something along those lines, and he said, Good mommy, the white lady told me stories. My mom was shook, but just said, Okay, buddy, and moved on because what the fuck was she supposed to say? A few weeks or so later, my mom was going through an old photo album and came across a picture of Sarah. Sean saw the picture and said, Mommy, that's her. That's the white lady. She went on to tell him who she was and how she had suddenly passed away a long time ago. His response was, Well, Mommy, she looked very happy. Naturally, this story still makes my family tear up knowing Sarah is watching all of us and is happy to do so. Now, for the good stuff. My good friend Jessica's family has been followed by this handprint ghost that leaves handprints on the carpet all over their house. She always warns us not to talk about it in the house because if it hears us, it'll make its presence known and that it has. One time, my friend Elaney got up to go to the bathroom when we were there. And when she walked out of the bathroom, a cat toy rolled down the hallway to her feet while the cat was in the living room nowhere near it. The handprints have also followed Jessica to her boyfriend's house who lives on her street. I have pictures if you're interested. Thanks for reading. Kelsey from Cincinnati. Okay, you guys, I hope you got the chills from that story. Don't forget to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and webpage to see the creepy handprints for yourself. Now, about your Aunt Sarah, I'm really touched by that because I lost my brother in 2009. And part of me hopes that he'll visit my kids and make his presence known to them, but in a way that won't freak them out. He was such a good uncle to my two nieces when they were younger before he passed away, so I'm a little bummed that my kids won't ever get to know him that way, so I hope that he comes um, and visits them but just not in a scary way. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. If you would like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted. Instagram at It's Haunted What Now, and of course at hauntedpod.com. Producer for the show and creepy tune creator is Nico, who manages We Talk of Dreams. Follow him on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or visit WeTalkOfDreams.com. Audio engineer is Chess Gray, who manages Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that?